working together to build the church. <laughs> I told my, my going deeper class I was going to preach on no excuses. <laughs> so uh, that's why that little subtitle is in there. Uh, included in your bulletin is a yearly calendar. I wanted to get first on your agenda. No excuses, right? Uh, so, so when you get home, if you do this digitally, uh, go home and you go, oh man. Because I hear people, oh, I, I wanted to be at Church of the Farm, but I scheduled something else. We're only going to have two churches on the farm this next year. And so if you want to be church on the farm, you better get that on your calendar. If uh, we're going to come, we're going to be back, church in the park, in August, we are the first church service in the newly renovated uh, Monteith Park. We are going to have the first church service in Monteith Park when it reopens, and we're going to have a baptism in the river. Amen? Amen. So I want you to take this home, and, and uh, if you're saying, oh, I really wanted to take this class or that class, they're all on here, right? No excuses. So we wanted to give you this so that you can get on board with what's going on. And if you see something that you're like going, I really, I really wish we would do this, You'll know what dates are available. All right, let's get to our passage, Ephesians chapter 4. Now, you're probably going, I, I, I think you've preached on this before. I have. The, as a matter of fact, every year I teach on this. This is, this is one of the passages that we use in our Discovering Your Spiritual Gift. Ephesians chapter 4 is the gifts of the ministry. The five gifts that God gives the church to prepare it to do exactly what we sang about. Follow him out into the world. Because God has given us gifts for not only for within the church, but to the outside world also. So let's read Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, remember this is Paul preaching here, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance to one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit, in the bond of peace. There is, how many? One body and one spirit, just as also you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Amen. Amen. We could quit there and have quite a sermon. But each, yeah, Shirley said, let's just get it over and go home, right? 
No, no, amen. But we're going to go on. But each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended into on high, he led the captive, a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean? Except that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. For what? For the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith, <coughs> excuse me, and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness in deceitful scheming, by speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects unto him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Michael, could you turn the heat down just a shade? It's a little, it's a little warm up here. As we look at this, we see the five gifts of the church. The first one is apostle. And as we look at that, apostle means sent one. And in one sense, uh, we look at that as our missionaries, as being somebody who goes. And, and we, have, uh, we have actually a, a tremendous missionary influence out of this church. We were talking about this in our elders the other day. Not only do we have a tremendous budget but our giving over and above that, it, it far outseeds our budget. And also, we, we send yearly, we send a team uh, out to one of our, our church-supported missions. This next year, we're going to be going back to Ecuador. It's, it's the only one that's ready for us right now. So uh, end of September, we're going to be taking the team back down to Ecuador to love on those kids, to finish off. Remember what we did last year? We raised $25,000 to start the foundation of the, the forever home. The bottom floor is going to be completed this, this summer, and they'll actually be able to move some of the kids into it. When we go back in September, we're going to be finishing out the top half. And this church has been part of that. We are a missionary church. We support that because, and I think that's wonderful because we need to learn to what? We need to learn to get outside of ourselves. Because really, when it talks about 
the needs out there. The need is out there. You know, we have, they have the, the director in, down in Ecuador makes $600 a month. And the TIAs and all that, their entire budget for all the staffs, $25,000 a month. That's amazing to me that they run that entire, the, 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 and that's, that's just their, that is their, their personnel budget. It's amazing to me. Taking care of 45 to 50 kids, a lot of them with special needs. But the first thing that he talks about, apostles, and then he talks about, the next one is prophets. And when we talk about prophets in the teaching, if you'll remember, uh, he talks about prophets being those who foretell. I'm a prophet. I foretell. I take the word of God and I tell you how it, how it works in our lives. And, and then we have the, the next one is the evangelist, Right? And we have those who, in this church, lead people to Christ on a regular basis. And it happens right here within our sanctuary. And then some pastors, and as we look at pastors, there are shepherds, that's our elders. And then we have teachers. We have some amazing teachers. I wish Dave was here, because I, I, you know, I hear you know, Dave's been teaching, I don't know, how many years, but he's in this revelation class right now. And, and I'll be honest with you, from what I, what I read and what I hear, it's a seminary level class. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get this kind of teaching uh, at most places. And God has given us all of those things, but he says he gives us for, for what reason? For the equipping of who? The saints. That's all of us. Every one of us. As a matter of fact, did you notice how many times the word all came up in here? We are all in this together. Yes, your elders, your deacons are elected. We have paid pastors. We have paid staff here. We're all in this together. Some of us are designed to help you do what you do best because you have a gift. We all, we all have a gift and it's to be used for each other. And it's to be used in unity. Did you see how many times... This is a good, for this passage, and, and there's other ones like this, is just mark, how many times does it say one? One baptism, one hope, one Lord. It calls for the unity, because we're all, we all have a gift. We're all to work together. All, as we work together, we, we provide what God has been planned. You know, I'm glad that God is a God of all, right? You know, because even though God says, for 
all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How does he finish it? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's an all statement. Aren't you glad? In Romans 8, 32, he said, He did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not with him freely give us all things? You see, God, is, God wants, wants us all to be working on this together. We have... We have a church body and we have some great ministries. We have ministries all the way from our nursery to our golden heirs. You know, that, that pretty much it, it hits it all, right? But sometimes what happens, <coughs> sometimes what happens is we get so, so involved in our ministry, right? That we forget that we're supposed to be ministering to everybody. So guys, men's ministry, did you guys know, all of you guys sitting in here, did you know you're as responsible for the women's ministry? Right? Amen. There you go. Guys, we're responsible to make sure the women's ministry is successful. And ladies... We're res you're responsible for what? The men's ministry. Oh, golden heirs. I see those white heirs out there. You're just as responsible for the children's ministry. Now, I'm going to say something about the children's ministry because this is where it becomes the all. Because we're all responsible for the children's ministry. Every person that walks in this church, when you see those little ones, and yeah, they may be running down the aisle, it's okay. Matter of fact, it's more than okay. Because if those kids are in this church, you know where they're not? They're not down at the mall. They're not somewhere else where they're being influenced by ungodly influences. They're here. And God puts a special place for children. Remember what Jesus said when his disciples got all uppity because the children were coming and they're, oh, Jesus doesn't have time for you. Matthew 19, he says, and when some of the children were brought to him so that he might lay hands on them and pray, oh, isn't that something we should be doing? If Jesus thought it was pretty good to lay hands on children and pray over them, what do you think we ought to be doing? Amen? And the disciples rebuked them, and Jesus said, Let the children alone, and do not hinder them from coming to me. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That's where we open up our arms and say, What can I do to minister to these kids? You know, Wednesday night, we have, we have Awanis here. And we got kids all over the place. And, it, and you say, well, I'm too, I'm too old. I got news for you. If you can't sit down and listen to a little child quote the scripture, you might as well give up. No, that should spur your heart. 
I know it does me. I watched little Cadence came in my office the other day. Four years old. Five. Oops. He's five. And he quoted me the plan of salvation. Amen? When we see that happening, we, if you can take an hour out of your week to sit and listen to young children recite the Bible, listen to them go through their, their, their Awanas program, that's the future, people. Every one of us, when, when Pastor Hunter puts us out, hey, I need, uh, I, I need some teachers for Sunday school. I need some helpers. We ought to all be jumping up. Let me, let me, let me. Because that's the future. Matter of fact, it's so important that Jesus also said this. Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to stumble, it would be better to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. You think Jesus loves little children? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, right? He does, and we need to, we, that is, that's one of those all things that we need to all be part of. But we need to be supporting all the ministries of the church. Doesn't matter whether, whether we're part of that group or not. Pastor Hunter has, has his, his high school and junior high group. He has the young adults ministry. We need to be supporting that. Doesn't matter whether that they're 18 and you're 88. Right? Matter of fact, that's really the people that they need. You've lived it. They're starting. Do you think they could gain from some of your wisdom? Not all of them have grandma and grandpa that they can go to and learn from. I never had a grand grandfather. I had one grandmother living when I was born. And how I wish I had a grandpa that, that knew Jesus and loved Jesus and could have taught me when I was little instead of the gentleman who lived across the way that became really a grandfather to me and taught me how to curse. <laughs> they got my mouth washed out with soap. Amen. But we are to take care of each other. We have a responsibility. Now, as we look at this passage, staff and elders, we're here to help. Our job is to what? Our job is to use our gifts. My gift is, is preaching the Bible. And that's all you're going to get here. If you want, a, if you want a, good, uh, a good sermon on a good book, go someplace else. Because this is the only good book I preach out of. And when I, when I teach the class on spiritual maturity, it comes from no place but right here. I don't, I don't have some book I read somewhere. It's what the Bible says about how you grow spiritually. When I teach on the spiritual gifts class, it comes from 
right here. I didn't go find some book and say, oh, this is the best way to... It comes from here. And when it comes from here, then you know you can trust it. But we're here, we're here to help. Miss Goldie is, is a treasure trove for us. Amen. Can you give, is she in here? She, you do that for her next time you see her. But we are here. Pastor Hunter's here. Uh, he is, amen, amen. We have, uh, we have a staff that's here to help you. You know, some of the, sometimes we forget about those unsung heroes. Michael, uh, he's been our custodian, right? You know how many times he takes down and sets up and sets up and takes down and cleans up your messes? Yeah, a lot of times. You ought to count that some. You start 2024. How many, how, many time, how many chairs does he set up in here? How many tables? But we are here to help you. And, and the reason I say that is because you have the work of the ministry. You see, I believe there are ministries that are here that are available. And God has put it on your heart. But you're waiting for somebody else to do it. In Acts chapter 6, in Acts chapter 6 is an interesting little thing that happened in the first church. They had a little problem. It grew too fast. And some people were getting forgotten, had been forgotten. In chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now at this time when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose as part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because the widows were being, their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren... Select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. The statement found approval with the whole congregation, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicantor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte, from Antioch. You see, there are times when we need to turn our... Oops, whoa. How did that happen? Wow, that just went way up there. There we go. There are times when we need to turn our expectations into participation. You see, they came to the... They came to the elders, to the apostles, and said, we have a problem. Fix it. And what did the apostles say? You fix it. You pick seven men. They gave them parameters. You pick seven men who are capable of doing the job and then let them do it. We're going to do what we're supposed to do, which is equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
And obviously, they must have equipped these seven. They were chosen by the people to go out and take care of this ministry. And they chose the right people. Most of these names that you see here are Greek names. Wanted to make sure that the Greek widows were taken care of. They already had a relationship. Do you realize that all of you have relationships that you built within this church? And those relationships are what begin to make things move? And so as we look at that, we need to take our expectations and go into participation. You know, we have, we've had a number of people come to Christ in this last year. And somebody came to me and says, well, well uh, aren't you appointing people to disciple them? I said, well, the job of discipling is not necessarily mine or our elders. The job of discipling are the people who come alongside of them. Every one of us, every one of us has a responsibility. When we see people come to Christ, and I believe in this next year, we're going to see more people come to Christ. And when you make that bond with them, when you make that association with them, then you're the one that God calls. We, none of us get out of the opportunity to make disciples. Isn't that, isn't that what God said? Go into all the world and make disciples. Disciples, we're all responsible for that. And that person that came to me, I said, well, find somebody and disciple them. And they did. And I'm going, praise God. They have the tools. We, we have a thing here called 52 letters. Where for one year, when somebody gets baptized here, for 52 weeks, they get a letter, and every one is about a different uh, spiritual truth. And it's real easy because if you want to disciple somebody, they already have the material. You can meet with them once a week and you say, hey, what was your letter about this week? Let's look at it. God will give us that. You're, some, sometimes people say, well, well, I don't know that I'm ready. Well, let me help you get ready. Pull out, pull out your, your slip there, right? Your, your calendar. Because coming up, uh, beginning in February 18th, for four Sundays, we're going to, Sunday evening, discover your spiritual maturity class. Come. Gain that confidence that you need to do, to do exactly that, to, to be able to lead somebody. Each one of us has a spiritual gift, and God expects us to use it. Did you, did you catch what he said down in uh, verse 16? From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every, underline that, what every joint supplies according to the power of the working of each individual part, 
causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Each one of us has a gift. And I love this fact that he uses the joints. He doesn't go into, I love the big toe, the little toe. My, my, my poor mama, she's 90 years old. She, the power went out at the house. She lives by herself. Power went out at the house. And she stubbed her toe. And tore the toenail entirely. She'll be here tonight. She'll be here today. But she didn't even realize it until the next morning. Yeah, that's what I said. Mama. But, you know, when something, now, now if you watch her, you know, if you ever watch my mom, she doesn't move very fast anyway. And she, she knows I say that about her. Come to second service. She, she still loves me. But, you know, when I had my knee replaced, that was the best thing I ever did. Because before I had my knee replaced, it was just filled with arthritis. And I couldn't pick it up past about right here. And I was forever catching it on something. And then I'd do a face plant. And because this one didn't work right, I put too much pressure on this one, and and I kind of walked sideways. And it was amazing. It it was amazing that once they took now I can just do whatever I want to do. Because they took care of this one, this one doesn't hurt anymore. But the other thing I noticed is when I stopped taking pills because this one hurt, my elbow had to have surgery. <laughs> right? Now, they got, now I got both of them fixed and it works pretty good. I can climb up and down off that ladder, uh, off of that uh, tractor all day. That's what I did yesterday. But it's because they all work. You see, when that one wasn't working very well, The rest of my body took the toll. And that's what happens in the church. If you're the knee joint or you're the ankle joint and you're not working very well, then everything else is off kilter. We all have our part to play. We all have a gift. And within that, when we are working, the body begins to move. I almost ran the other day. I said, almost. It wasn't very far. But you know, we, when we work together, when all our pieces are playing in, in 1 Corinthians 12, that's another one of the passages that we use uh, in the Discovering Your Spiritual Gifts class. It's another example of how all these things work together. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 to 17. But one and the same Spirit works all of these things, distributing to each one individually, just as he wills, for even as the body is one, yet has many members, and all the members of the body. Though they are many, are one body, so also in Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, 
whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit, for the body is not one member but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body, is it not for this reason any less part of the body? And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, is it not for this reason any is less part of the body? For the whole body, if the whole body were the eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? We'll just stop there. You see, we each have a part to play. You know, I I don't read anywhere in the Bible that God says, you get to retire in the Christian life. No, you may change vocations within the Christian life. Not, not, Not everybody stays in the same gift they are. You know, some, some as you grow older will move in your spiritual gift. And that's okay. But we all have it and we all use it until the very day we die. <coughs> Excuse me. You realize Moses didn't even start ministry until he was 80? God took 80 years to prepare Moses for his ministry. I kind of feel the same way sometimes. Took me 60 years before God says, oh, you're ready. I was preaching when I was 15. But God didn't, God said, you're not ready for a church until I was 62. Pretty amazing. God has something for you. It doesn't matter whether you're 16 or 106. I mean, I, I, I tell you, every time I, I, see, I see John Hale and realize that at 100 years of age, he goes out to LBCC every month and he leads people to Christ. He goes to the state fair. He goes to the county fair. And he leads people to Christ. He's 100 years old. If anybody should have a reason to say, I think I want to retire. John's not going to retire. He's just going to get called home. You see, God has put us together for the work of the ministry. To build the church. And I'm excited about 2024. I think we're past all the let's blame it on COVID and, and say let's, let's blame it on the Holy Spirit. I think we need to be past saying, oh, I, you know, uh, things are we're, we're bad. No, things are going to be good because you know what, folks? We're one year closer to Jesus Christ coming home. Amen. I finished my one-year Bible reading today at the end of Revelation. Let me just turn there because I was so encouraged by this. The way, the way John ends was just amazing as I read this this morning. 
the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears, Come. And let the one who is thirsty, Come. And let the one who wishes to take the water of life without cost. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in the book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of prophecy, God will take away his part in the tree of life and from the holy city which is written in this book. He who testifies to these things, yes, says yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. Did you catch the comes? We're to invite the world to come. If you're thirsty, come. If you're hungry, come. If you need to know the Savior, come. And then, and then our reaction is, oh, come Lord Jesus. We got some folks in the hospital right now that, that every time I see them, they say, I'm so ready to go home. I wish Jesus would come and take me home. We should all be have that heartbeat to, I'm ready to go home. But until then, we have a job to do. You see, Jesus said, you keep working. You keep working until I call you home. Whether it's through death or whether it's through the rapture, he's going to call us. One day he's going to say, Ben, come on up. <laughs> come on home. And I am so ready to be there. But in the meantime, I have a job to do. And I am excited. In 2024, I believe God has a place for us right here that God is going to build this church, that we're going to see the baptismal waters continue to be spurred every, every time that somebody comes to Jesus. We're going to watch God do great and mighty things, but we all have to be part of that because every person that comes to Christ needs somebody to walk alongside of them and disciple them. Every, every young couple that's, that comes into this church needs an older couple to come alongside of them and show what it means to be in a marriage that loves Jesus. We all will have a responsibility in this coming year. We're going to come to communion right now. And I am so glad that Jesus left us the instructions that he did to teach us how to uh, follow him. And uh, the first thing that he, he did is he created the body of Christ and we are one and he gave his apostles the first leadership of that and to do their job correctly they needed to understand the right relationship that they had with Jesus Christ in that he was the reason that they would have salvation he was the reason and it was in his body that was broken. It was in his blood that was shed that they came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Every one of them had to. One of them didn't. Judas chose 
to betray Jesus. Jesus gave him every opportunity to confess his sin and to repent, and Jesus chose not to. But he took those 11 and he said, listen, guys, this is how much I love you. I love you so much that I will literally allow my body to be broken for you. And I love you so much that I will shed every drop of blood on that cross for forgiveness for your sin. And he says the same thing to us through our communion. We have communion in the center, the back two corners and the front two corners. We have the cup is stacked with the wafer at the bottom, the juice at the top. There's gluten-free options in the middle of each tray. As you take that, I, I just ask you, you say, okay, Jesus, 2024 is coming. Who do you have for me to walk alongside in 2024? Who do you have for me to disciple in 2024? Who do you have for me to go and tell that doesn't know about your sacrifice?